You know that they say this is the sign of a dry preacher. Did you get that? The water, dry. So, Hebrews chapter 3, we've been in Hebrews a couple of Sundays. So, I woke up a little dizzy this morning, but I'll make it with the Lord's help. It didn't help when I was going around the roundabout. You know how you keep a Norwegian busy all day? Put them on a roundabout. Sorry if you're a Norwegian. I'm a Norwegian, so I pick on myself. We're going to look at chapter 3. And we're going to call it encourage one another. How many need encouragement from time to time? From time to time, we all need a little encouragement. Discouragement is what the devil wants to put on us, right? To get us to stop doing what we are called to do in the Lord. If we can, if he can get us to stop being excited about the things of God, then he can get us to stop a lot of things. But guess what? We're going to encourage one another on. We're going to get encouraged and we're going to be encouragers. I found there are two kinds of people in this life. The one that gives life, one that takes life. One that's kind of a up, positive, or a negative. Second chapter warned against uh, a bit about drifting in our walk with Jesus, a little bit about just coasting. So if we just become casual and sort of not intentional, we can miss a lot of things that God would have for us. We don't want to miss out what God has for us. So we want to be intentional. We want to pay attention. That was our lesson last week, paying attention to the things of God. In chapter 3, he begins his thoughts a little bit on Moses. The first few verses, verses 1 through 6, he describes Moses as a being a faithful servant. But Moses wasn't a perfect man. Let's just get that cleared up right away. You know, he wasn't perfect. Aren't you glad God doesn't wait for us to be perfect to use us? Oh my goodness, we would all be sunk. Right? I love how the Lord takes the imperfect and begins to use them to do his perfect work. And God is trying to teach us, I believe this with all my heart, that you don't have to be perfect, you just need to be surrendered. You just got to know that you know where you belong. You got to know where your strength comes from. Well, then whenever we start to think we can walk on water on our own, what happened to Peter was he being a saint because he thought, Oh my goodness, this shouldn't be happening. God chooses imperfect people to do his perfect work. We are all in process. That word process kind of comes from the word sanctification. If you want to put a definition on sanctification, it is the process of becoming more like God. It's a separating of yourself from the world and separating, making yourselves available to God. 
Justification is another kind of a big word. It's just as if you've never sinned is the one of the ways they can remember. Justification is what Jesus has done for us. You don't earn your salvation. You can't. It doesn't work that way. He's already purchased our salvation. So we're going to get down to these verses that we get past Moses, verse 5. Now Moses was faithful all in his house as servant for the testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. The writer of Hebrews, we don't know for sure who it is, but I figured it out. It's God himself. Now he should kind of chuckle about that, but actually all scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, correction, reproof. That the man of God may be equipped. God didn't just send us out with nothing. He sent us out with a sword. The sword is the word. The Word of God is your weapon to keep you going, to keep the thoughts in your mind. The battle often is in the mind that we face day to day. Moses had one challenge after the other. Our first point is unbelief, and this was the problem with Israel as they went along, as they were rescued or caught out of, led out of Egypt through the man Moses that God raised up. The people saw miracle after miracle, especially the parting of the Red Sea. Can you imagine now what the people saw and what a difference it should have made in their lives? But it's not very long after, and they're already getting into a, a situation while they're thirsty. Moses brought us out here to die. Wasn't there enough graves in Egypt? You know, What is it about human nature that we have had a blessing after blessing, yet one little negative thing comes along in your life, and you say, oh my goodness, woe is me, life is horrible. That's human nature. And the Lord wants to help us realize that once we start with him, we, we've got to keep going. There may be doubts and at times, from time to time, you may have your Questions, Lord, now what? I'm not seeing it. I don't know for I don't know what to do. Have you ever been there? Nobody. Okay. I'm the only one. I know there's a there's an honest hand. I don't know what to do. The Bible's talking about. One who came that's superior to Moses. And the writer of Hebrews in verse 6 says this, But Christ was faithful. Moses was faithful. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are. Isn't it a connection? He's talking to you and I as his house. What does it mean, the body of Christ? That's the believers in Jesus. The body of Christ is where Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, indwells. He's living in us when we believe on his name. Whose house we are, if, now notice, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. God is into finishing the work. Jesus was into finishing the work. 
Hebrews chapter 1 starts right off with it. He spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets, but now he has spoken through Jesus. The prophets foretold about one that would come. It would be the Savior, the Christ. Yet most of Israel missed him. Did we lose power? There it is. I've got to make sure this is on the right. Jesus finished the work that was set before him on the cross. Jesus didn't bail on us, did he? Jesus didn't say, that's not worth it. Jesus finished and followed him. Jesus is calling us to follow him until the end. Believe on him, even though it seems like he's a far away time. Believe on him, choose to trust him, even when we don't understand, he says. Don't lean on your own understanding. Well, in the book of Exodus, it wasn't very long into their, their journey. Moses was called by God to the mount to receive the commands. And you know what happened. It was taking too long in the eyes of man. So all of a sudden they said in Exodus chapter 32, Verse 23, for they said to me, this is Aaron, make a God for us who will go before us. For this Moses, who man, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. And I said to them, whoever has any gold, Tear it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire, and out came the calf. Oh, really, Aaron? They just threw it in the fire, and it came out. Aaron, you're not telling me straight truth. That's what I like to say. So I'm driving in a trail in a forest the other day with my dump truck and the logs and piled on. And a four-wheeler comes along. First one goes high, one more coming. That's what it is, one more coming. This second one came, Gary, I want to talk to you. Well, he had my name on my truck. <laughs> he, go, he goes, uh, are you related to Omar? That's a brother in our... I hear this all the time. Are you related to Omar? Yeah, he, he's a brother. He goes, um, whatever happened to that preacher? I'm here. I, I'm it. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't recognize you. I, we talked three, four years ago. I'm sorry, I, I don't look the same. Maybe I've been working too hard. No, 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 you look good, blah, blah, blah. He just was interested in fire. But he said, are you still standing with Jesus? Oh, yes. You're still preaching? Oh, yes. And he said, I called the forester twice. What happened to that guy? Is he dead? You know, see, people surmise things. Moses. Did you die up there? What is taking so long? 
how impatient we are so often. God is never in a hurry like we are. Uh, he can move fast. Oh, absolutely. When it's tired. But uh, most of my experience, there's, no, there's always going to be a waiting time, a testing period. The money isn't all there yet, right? But there's this waiting on God. I will supply all your needs. Trust me. Believe. Don't doubt. Why would you doubt? Because we are human. I know you parted the Red Sea. I know you made water come out of the rock. It was just a miracle. You faced it with manna. This manna, 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 manna. Yeah, we're so human sometimes. How many are human? Pinch yourself. If it hurts, you're, you're okay. Criticism, criticalness became a part of the natural the norm. And isn't it amazing if one person starts to become critical, it can affect the ripple effect into the pretty soon you got a mob, a riot. Moses did not have an easy job. Well, we live in a world that are full of people that are self-centered, self-seeking. No wonder we're going to have times where we're going to shake our heads. Unbelievable. Why people go and are the way they are? Yeah, we're called to love those kind of people, right? We're called to share the love of Jesus. Jesus said, only talk to those who are good. He didn't say that. He said, love your enemies. Oh, I'm going to have to change my heart if I'm going to love my enemies. If I can pray for my enemies, I have to change my heart. That's a good thing. And so we begin to realize what is really happening in unbelief is it is, could be, an absolute attack or stronghold or bondage of what the enemy wants to keep seed, sow seeds of doubt into some person's heart. Even when the sower sowed the seed, some seed grew quickly, but the cares of the life choked out, right? The cares of the life. The enemy wants to keep us from growing, so he wants to put some kind of seeds, if he can, to get weeds growing in our heart. Criticalness, bitterness, jealousy, all kinds of things. He loves to mix it up. But guess what? You know the answer. And you know where your strength is. And so point two is, Stay strong or staying strong. How many want to stay strong in the Lord? I know you do. That's a good thing. We need to encourage one another. Now we're going to get to our, our kind of our, our thought here of encouraging. In order to stay strong all the time, at least most of the time, it helps to have people around you that are on the same page, that are also in the faith. That is why... That is a part of the reason 
we gather together even now. Part of the reason mainly is to worship the Lord together as a body of, of Jesus. But secondly, to encourage, hear the word of the Lord, share the word of God, testify, pray for one another, fellowship around meals. Love that one. Right? But there's more than just the meal. It's about the conversations that we can have one with another. Stay strong. Share your life struggles. Sharing, sharing life's burdens together. Now we'll read the verse. Verse 12. We've got to take this one in because this is the warning of Hebrews chapter 3. Take care, brethren, lest there should be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart in falling away from the living God. Now, what is he warning? He's warning against unbelief. He's warning against getting to a place where you say, ah, just, there's nothing to this. There's nothing to this faith stuff. He wants to, the enemy wants to get it so that we begin to denounce the war. If he can. The next verse says, but encourage. The fact that he says, but encourage me also can be taken. If, he's, if it's in the Bible, then we, we know we're going to need encouragement from time to time. Right? But encourage one another day after day. Notice how it says day after day. Jesus prayed, give us this day our daily bread, right? We're called to walk with Jesus one day at a time, right? Enough trouble is in one day, Jesus said. The early church, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Why were they continually doing that? Because they needed the encouragement in their faith. They needed encouragement. They were going to go out into the streets, and they were going to face crowds and mob the people that did not like the talk, did not like the Jesus that they were preaching. Did you know that the Book of Acts talks about the way. The way. That was, that meant the way of Christianity. Followers of Jesus. I remember growing up in the 70s, they had come out with a Bible called The Way. Interesting. Staying strong is a daily process. You can't live in the past. You can't live well. You may be able to ride that wave. Maybe you had a mountaintop experience with the Lord. God blesses, and I love those mountaintop experiences. But the work is in the valley. We can't stay on the mountain all the time. Moses had to finally come off the mount, right, and present. And then to find the people were having a party, worshiping a golden calf. Well, he blew his top. Moses got angry. He was probably righteous in his anger at that. And what did he do? He smashed those tablets. A little humanity came out of it. 
you know what, Moses, you're going to go back now and get, you're going to re, you're going to redo, we're going to redo this. Now the people had to wait again. Isn't God faithful? Long suffering. If we don't get it the first time around, we'll get it maybe the next time or maybe the next time. Just staying strong is a, it's a discipline. But what do you do when you're weak and you feel like this is, everything's coming up? That's when you need to call somebody in the church, call some of your friends that know how to pray. Share your burdens one with another. right? Bear your burdens one with another. Thus fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? The law of Christ is to love your neighbor as yourself. To love God with all your heart, soul, strength. Galatians talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. Don't bite and devour each other. I had it in my notes. Let's put it up. Galatians 5, 14 to 15. For the whole law is fulfilled. One word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. The enemy loves it when we bite and devour one another. Sheep biting another sheep. One sheep undermining another sheep. That's the enemy. Well, we, we've got to guard against that. We're going to stick up for one another. We're going to believe the best for one another. We're going to pray the prayer of faith over one another. We're going to speak life. We're going to bear one another's burdens. Another uh, verse actually in the book of Hebrews itself kind of ties right in this whole thought of being encouraged. You'll find it in Hebrews chapter 10. Let us consider how to stimulate. One translation says provoke. Provoke. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, forsaking, not forsaking our own assembling together. What encourages me? When I get to see people serving the Lord, coming together. What encourages you today? Getting to see your friends. Getting to interact. Getting to share the scriptures together. Getting together and having times we can pray one for another. And so, It says also in that verse 24, 25, and all the more as you see the day drawing. What does that mean? Oh, the day will come, well, the end will come, right? The closer I get to the end, the closer the church gets to the end, the church will need more encouragement. Why? Because Jesus warned against persecution. Jesus talked about it. He talked about the church going through times of persecution. But that's not going to stop us. Early in the book, early in the early church, early in the book of Acts, they were right off the bat as they were launched off Pentecost, filled with the Holy Spirit. They were launched right into the ministry and they began to deal with persecution. One of the first things happened, they were, they were beaten, and somewhere in the act it says they were 
considered it joy that they were considered worthy to be persecuted for the name of Jesus. These guys were sold out, weren't they? These guys were all in. These guys had started their faith walk. These guys had, had, had an ethic, an understanding that we're, we're going to finish this thing out. It doesn't really even matter if my life is taken from me. What really matters is that I obey what Jesus has called me to do. And so they stayed strong. They encouraged one another. When Paul and Silas were in the prison, when they were blocked up, and there they were about midnight, I don't know which one of them said, I think probably Silas, but I'm not sure. Let's sing some songs. And they begin to sing in prison. Remember that story? I don't know what they sang. What a friend we have in Jesus. No, they didn't have that song. It was something they, they would said they sang hymns. And the jailer overheard. And it got through to him. Because when after the earthquake, right? After they were loosened, the jailer was ready to take his own life because what the deal was, if your uh, prisoners escape, your life to their life. He said, don't do that, don't do that. What must I do to be saved, the jailer? What, what, what? How can I have what you have? That's what he's saying. So being able to stay strong, that means it's more about, not just about my, the way I feel, but my effectiveness on someone else. In order for a sponge to flow over, it has to be what? Full. In order for a sponge to ooze out what it has to happen, it has to be squeezed. Oh, in order for maybe me to maybe be more of a witness, I might have some persecution. I might have a little pressure. I might have some trials. Isn't it interesting? So whenever you say, Lord, it's in your hands. Lord, it's, I trust you anyway. I, I don't, you know, Lord, give me the strength. People see that and they say, how can I have what you have? We bring others with us. We encourage each other. That should be a part of our DNA and our faith. That's all we do. That's what the Bible says in the book of Acts. And he spoke and built up and encouraged on. One time, I think it was Paul was preaching. Was it Paul? He preached so long, one of the young boys fell asleep. Right? And he fell out of the window, dead. He laid a hand and prayed a prayer of faith and came back. <laughs> that did something to that boy's faith, I'm sure. I'm sure that did something to the whole group's faith. But thirdly, staying strong because the end is coming. Now, we hear this often. Life is short. Right? Life is short. Every week I open the paper and I see names, obituaries, people that were living, now they're gone. The Bible, in our text, we haven't read this verse, 
Uh, actually, in the ninth, I'm sorry, it wasn't in the text, but it's in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 9 reminds us that the day will come, that we have an appointment. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment. So Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, shall appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly. That's a great thing. But we don't like to talk about death in our culture. But for the believer, it is just being transported. He's in. What's the word? Promoted. Promoted to your heavenly home. Was it our uncle Fred Gottwald that had on his memorial stone promoted? He was a pastor. He was a great man of God. Promoted. It is inasmuch as it is appointed. We all have this appointment. The good news is we can face it with the Lord. And we can look forward to meeting Jesus. That death, because of the sin in the garden, the curse came. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. And the most important decision that we ever make in this life is that I know where I'm going because I've placed my faith in Jesus Christ, the, the one who died so I can live. The one who was resurrected so you and I would be resurrected by us. What a hope. What a, what a thing to think of about the end. Eternity in view. Being able to stay encouraged so much loss in our world. It's so hard when young people are taken. So hard. It's hard enough when people have lived full lives but young people. And then the questions we may have, why? We don't even have answers. But we have to have something in us that even then we don't know why we say, Lord, I trust you anyway. It's for some reason we're going to keep on believing. A 13-year-old boy was drowned last week just in our community. I learned about it because I was working with the people that were first responders. In fact, I knew the young man who pulled this young boy out of the water. It affects a person. It hits you. So the next day, I noticed the, the fire department was loaded with trucks and cars. And I talked to one of the guys that was on the team. And he said, yeah. They brought a counselor in and they talked to us. But my brother Joel, who was also on the fire department, he got up and said some words. He said he basically preached the gospel. And I think sometimes, I'm not saying God caused this death. I'm not saying that. But God can turn things toward him. 
God can use hard things to turn people to Him. It's God. And so I pray that, I pray for that family, I pray for this community, I pray for salvation that will be in their hearts. And none of us expect to die when we're young. We don't even think about it. But none of us have a, a guarantee, do we? We don't have a guarantee. They're young or old. But the guarantee is this. When we know Jesus, we're going to go to a good place. I don't want to stand in all eternity without Jesus. I don't want to face God Almighty without Jesus. Because Jesus is my mediator. Jesus is my the one who's going to stand with me. And he's going to say, he's, he's one of mine. He's the great shepherd. He knows his sheep. He knows your voice. He knows your name. He knows all about you. He knows all about what you're thinking about even now, all eternity. Jesus has plans for you for all eternity. And so while we're in this short period, we do our best. We try to live with the help of the Lord to serve Him. And how I treat my neighbor is so important because it reflects on who God is. And so with the help of the Lord, with the power of His Holy Spirit, one of my personal goals is to finish strong in this life, period. What I mean by that, I may not be strong again, like you know, all my youth. I'm not talking about physical strength. I'm talking about spiritual strength. Faith that keeps on hanging on and pursuing. I want to keep growing all the way to the end. I want to keep learning all the way to the end. I want to keep pursuing. I don't want to say, well, I know all this stuff. I've, I've heard this before. And become casual. And miss out something that God has. I'm going to invite you to stand. Just stand for a moment. Before we sing our last song, it's uh, going to be a, one of the old hymns, actually. You're here today, you need encouragement. You can just lift up your hand before the Lord and say, Jesus, here I am. I need, I need, I need something. I need some encouragement. Yes. Encourage your people, Lord. You see their hearts. You see their hands. Encourage their hearts. Let them know that they are valuable in your sight, precious. Maybe there's some burdens for their family members. But they're just, they've been praying and they, they just don't see what they want to see happen. Lord, I pray that you will strengthen their hearts and their faith. Strengthen their minds to keep on believing. Keep on doing the good work of the Lord. Do not grow weary 
and doing good. But we shall reap in due time. Pray for young people, pray for older people, wherever we're at in our season of life, that we will know in our hearts that we're ready to meet you. If we're not, we say, Jesus, come into my heart right now. You can pray that prayer right where you're at. I need you, Jesus. I cannot save myself. Lord, help me to keep on following after you in Jesus' name.